Welcome everybody to the Destructive Behavior Podcast. I'm a little nervous, so I apologize this being my first time live on Facebook. Um, Cut me some slack. Um, Today we're going to talk about a few things. I'd really like to get an intro to myself just to let you know who I am. Uh, Talk about why this podcast came to life. Give you my... I don't know, my story of the trauma, and that'll be kind of the last time we talk about that because, as you know, with PTSD, everybody's trauma is a little bit different, right? So, it really doesn't matter what the trauma is. We all share the same kind of symptoms. Anxiety hits somebody the same way it hits somebody else, and that's kind of what we'll talk about with my triggers and how I learned to kind of deal with all of that stuff. And hopefully, over time, the viewers will grow, the uh, community will grow, and we'll be able to do um, a lot of cool stuff to help each other out and uh, let everyone know that they're not alone. So with that being said, uh, my name's Brian O'Hare. I am 37. I'm a veteran. Uh, I was in the Air Force and the Army served 10 years total and multiple deployments Iraq and Afghanistan but beyond that I'm a father I have a son that's nine and he's at my absolute world if anybody has been my I don't know motivation to get better and to beat my demons is that's kind of what I call my symptoms is my demons because it's kind of what they are um, it's been my son just to better myself so that he can see that no matter what you go through you can always come out on top if you put in the effort um, I'm an artist I'm going to school to get my degree as a clinical research uh, psychologist let's see what else is there um, I'm just your average guy and I think that's kind of why I'm doing this podcast is to kind of show everybody that not everybody has this I don't know the ticker tape parade at the end you know it's a lifelong journey it's not something that kind of just fades away it's not cancer to where hopefully you can treat it and get rid of it you know this stays with you forever you'll always have your triggers and your symptoms it's just learning to kind of deal with them um this podcast kind of fell in my lap um i've been working on a book that is essentially the same thing as this it's me talking about all of the mistakes i made early going Um, and dealing with my symptoms and then sharing the success after learning from my mistakes so the book is really to kind of show the people that feel alone and feel like they have to go about this on their own that they're not alone and they don't have to do this by themselves because it's not really something you can do by yourself. You have to lean on people because you're not always gonna have those days where you're strong every day. 
Um, and it's also aimed at people who have loved ones and family members or friends that have PTSD and hopefully can give them some light and some understanding of, oh, that's what this person feels like when they wake up in the morning and they just don't want to do anything and they never get out of bed. Um, or, oh, this is why so-and-so sits in the corner of restaurants or they can't go out into public places for very long because the crowds are too big and they get hyper vigilant and they have to leave. Um, it, it really impacts your life. So one day I was sitting there and it was Easter and it was a couple weeks ago and I did this little video and it took me like seven hours to sit there and actually do the video. Oh, 10 minutes, seven hours to do it. Um, the self-doubt, the anxiety, Will people actually watch this? Um, will people just look at me like, oh, this dude's just trying to get attention? Um, all of those thoughts prevented me from just doing it. And finally, I got talked into it <laughs> and basically said, okay, let's do this. And I did it. It took me forever to hit that upload button, but I did. And a couple days later, I started reading comments and the story that I shared was really well received and people were commenting on how brave I was and how much it helped them and they needed to hear it at this point in time during the year it was on Easter so it's huge you know a lot of people are depressed and alone at that point in time and then uh, one of my friends reached out to me and was like man we really need to tell your story and I was like okay how do we do that and he was like well let's bring you on and do an interview on we like sports podcast and I was like oh man I don't know um, okay Let's do it, and I did it, and everything seemed really well received then. And then it was, are you ready to do your own? And I said yes, I said yes, but if you watch the videos from earlier today, you guys know how nervous I am right now, and how high my anxiety is. It's like up here. And um, with that, it almost didn't happen. I almost popped smoke and left because all those, all those voices, all those negative thoughts started coming in. You know, it's, dude, you're just, you're just telling a story, right? But at the end of the day, this isn't about me. I'm using my journey dealing with PTSD to help the person that might be at home right now watching even thinking to themselves there is no way I'm going to a doctor there's no way I'm going to a group no one understands what I'm going through would it, why does anybody even care that's for you 
and it's because I do understand. I get it. I understand anxiety. I understand what it feels like to not get out of bed because you don't think you have anything to offer the world. So this podcast is really taking the hell that I've gone through and making it a positive thing so that, hey, maybe this community that I hope grows turns into that person's go-to where he can come or she can come and watch and take a lesson that we talk about, you know, a topic that we talk about throughout the day and says, wow, okay, maybe I can apply this somehow in my life and starts building hope inside because that's really what you have to do. You have to believe that you can beat this. Um, and it's not a difficult, oh, I'm sorry, it's not easy to do. It's very difficult. Um, so just feed hope, feed positivity into people uh, using a really dark subject. Um, now let me reiterate, I am not a doctor. Nothing that I'm going to say throughout the podcast and the episodes is stuff I'm telling you that you should do. All I want to do is share with everyone what I did and what did work for me and what definitely didn't work for me. And give you guys a chance to interact, right? Um, throughout the episode, if you guys want, please comment, questions, whatever it is, we can uh, take a peek at those and maybe try and answer a couple of those throughout the episode as well. Um, so getting back with that, I don't know right now, but we're going to take a break and once we get back, I'll tell you my story. Need to spice up your website? Grab some attention on your Facebook page? Need an intro-outro for your YouTube channel? KM Voice will do it all. Pump up your profits and add some video advertising on your channel. Add some fire to your marketing campaign. Do you want to advertise on the radio and want a professional to handle your audio? Well, guess what? We do that too. From writing the script to producing the finished product, we take the pain out of advertising. Need to add voice to your company's training video? Yep, leave it to us. Send us a message on Facebook at KM Voice or give us a call at 440-213-2860. That's 440-213-2860. Production doesn't have to be a hassle. We give you the best because you deserve the best. Send us a message or call now. So, here I am getting ready for this episode the first one and want to thank everybody for watching so far I appreciate it um, honestly though it almost didn't happen because my anxiety was through the roof and I just didn't think that my message was any good so thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show your website grab some attention on your Facebook page need an intro outro for your YouTube channel KM Voice will do it all. 
pump up your profits and add some video advertising on your channel. Add some fire to your marketing campaign. Do you want to advertise on the radio and want a professional to handle your audio? Well, guess what? We do that too. From writing the script to producing the finished product, we take the pain out of advertising. Need to add voice to your company's training video? Yep, leave it to us. Send us a message on Facebook at KM Voice or give us a call at 440-213-2860. That's 440-213-2860. Production doesn't have to be a hassle. We give you the best because you deserve the best. Send us a message or call now. All right, everybody, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. I had a little nervous breakdown back there. Um, hopefully, we'll get we'll get going a little bit better here the second time. So, I want to tell you guys the story of my trauma and really how things kind of unfolded for me. So, during Afghanistan, it was crazy, right? Um, it led off with me leaving home with a group of guys that were awesome, but it was uh, early April. And my son was just born, he was five months old. So that sucked to begin with. Well, a month and a half in, on May 23rd, there was a, an absolutely beautiful spring day. And everything was quiet. You could smell the dew like you always can in the spring. Uh, it was just eerily quiet. And then we heard an explosion. You could smell the sulfur. You hear people on the radio talking about IED, IED, IED. And then you start hearing gunshots and stuff like that. I was on top of a mountain and um, I couldn't see anything because it was behind the uh, reverse slope of uh, the other mountain, so the opposite side. And I couldn't see anything, so I couldn't observe anything. As a Ford observer, if you can't observe it, you can't shoot it. Um, so those fires took place from the other, the other uh, Ford Observer. Um, long story short, we ended up losing four people that day. Four amazing men that were brothers, fathers, sons, and they were just incredible people the rage that was inside of me that day pushed so much that we 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 lowered that mountain about three or four feet with as much stuff as we dropped and to this day sulfur the smell of it still gets me going fertilizer um it sucks taking my dog out in the morning in the springtime when it's one of those perfect spring mornings um, moving on in the deployment, there was a lot of action, if you will. It was pretty violent. We took contact every day for the most part. I lived on top of a mountain, like I said, it was about 5,000 feet above sea level, and with a small group of people. And that rotated every couple of months. But I remained, I remained steady on the mountain for 10 of them. And unfortunately, that kind of trickled into civilian life as I don't like being around a large group of people. 
because I don't know many of them. I don't trust too many of them. And then uh, throughout that deployment, more violence, more this, more that, and I can't see that. When you were going through all this, what, what was the thoughts going through your mind? <laughs> the thoughts going through my mind. Um, fear is probably the biggest one. Um, as you get in firefights, though, you learn, or you don't really learn, you just kind of adapt and overcome, and you get used to it. You learn to live in a steady state of, well, I guess you can call it fear, because you're constantly almost in danger of losing your life at any point in time when you're on a patrol. Anything can happen. And just like that, you're gone. So that's really what went through your head. You stop thinking about your family because it distracts you. So that distraction can't get in the way. So you stop thinking about your family. And those are the people you're supposed to lean on, right? That's what we, that's what family's for, that's what friends are for. But you can't think about it. So then moving forward into the deployment, towards the end of it, um, Christmas time hit and I came home on leave. And I left Ohio and went back to Afghanistan and I got to Bagram on Christmas day. Um, and I found out that one of my best friends had been shot and killed. Christmas day. Deployments kind of ruin holidays for you. Um, and that sucks because you don't want to be around anybody during the holidays either. Well, I went to contact my, at that time, wife via email to shoot her a text message and say, hey, answer the phone when I call. It's important. And I found an email that stated she wanted a divorce. That's fine. It is what it is at this point in time. <clears throat> but it just added to that trauma, right? Now I got an email from my wife saying she wants a divorce and I have to call her and tell her that our best friend was just shot and killed. It sucks. So things constantly running through your head like now you have trust issues. Well then the end of the deployment happened around, um, what was it? April. We start heading back to Hawaii. And I was told that basically the only ticket she could get to leave the island was before I got back. So a few days before I got back from Afghanistan, um, she and my son came back to Ohio. And I came home to essentially an empty house with uh, an inflatable mattress and a welcome home daddy banner draped across it and that is when life started to spiral so how did I deal with trauma well that's kind of what this podcast is going to cover right it's just I feel crazy talking about my trauma because I don't feel like my incident compares at all 
to say a woman that was physically and sexually abused or raped. Like my trauma is nothing compared to that. I volunteered for it. I knew what could happen. Unfortunately, when incidents like this happen, you don't really get a choice in it. So all these things, the being shot at, living in a constant state of, I don't know, wonder. Hold on one second, let me read this comment. Um, well, it's a great question, Keith. Um, some of my coping mechanisms have, the healthy ones I've turned to, um, was art at first. It gave me the ability to get rid of all of the things running through my head. So I could physically remove them by putting them on canvas. And that helped out a lot. And on this page, you can, um, you can check out some of that artwork to see. And you can kind of see the progress that I made dealing with it. It all started off kind of dark and gradually more color was put into it. And that was representative of um, my emotions, how I was feeling about myself at the time. Um, another method is that I started training for this fight coming up. And it was about two and a half years ago, really, that I got into hooligans and was able to finally say, okay, this is something that really helps me get rid of all my anxious energy and really move towards being able to now focus on symptoms or triggers one at a time um, after working out. Um, school has helped. One big thing that I found out is for soldiers that come out and veterans, if you will, we lose that mission. We go from having the ability or the reassurance that we constantly have a reason to be here and what we're doing has an end statement, right? It, there is a mission and we're moving towards that. Training, all of it, the PT, the leadership courses, all of that leads to deployment, which is protecting innocent people. When you get out of the military, you lose that mission. Oh, um, Keith asked another question. Is the focus of the placement of that energy you have when you are hitting the heavy bag or putting your mind to the fight? Um, that energy, it's focus, really, is what it is. It, it's not being able to think about anything else except the task at hand. And because it's so difficult and it's so upbeat and Coach Chris, he just constantly pushes us, we, you exert so much energy there that when you're done, you're physically exhausted. And when you're physically exhausted, I feel like then you can mentally attack those issues in a more productive way. Um, 
with that being said, there's the time that you're not studying. There's the times that you're not at the gym or that I'm not at the gym, I should say. And then you get in your head. And that's when the self-doubt kicks in. It's when you start to question everything you're doing. And something that I've done a lot of is self-destructive behavior or self-sabotaging, if you will. You get things going really well and then out of nowhere, you start questioning yourself. And then it's like everything falls apart. And then you start this cycle of getting better and falling apart again. And it can be difficult because you never really get that chance to enjoy the positive stuff. So would you, um, Keith asks again, so would you suggest someone who is trying to cope with some form of PTSD find a good gym? Um, yes and no, because the gym might not work for everybody. It's something that I found works for me. And it has been incredible for me. I would suggest that having a healthy lifestyle in general will help you better fight your PTSD symptoms. If you feel good physically about yourself, you will mentally feel good about yourself, which allows you to progress with everything that is what you're dealing with. Um, you don't get necessarily as much self-doubt when you look in the mirror in the morning. Uh, when you accomplish something, running at the gym, maybe doing a bench press or something like that, and you set a personal record, well, that tells you, that reinforces that self-confidence um, and kind of eliminates or starts making the self-doubt disappear slowly. Um, honestly, I think the best thing you, ha you can do is absolutely going and getting help. Talking to a doctor, go get therapy because that is absolutely the baseline for what you need to do. Um, Tyler asks, what are some techniques you use to help you deal with the symptoms when not at the gym? Those times when you, when it's just you and your thoughts. Um, that comes from the therapy and dealing with um, the doctors. You know, there's so many different techniques from cognitive behavioral therapy to breathing techniques, meditating. There's so many out there and really getting in and talking to your doctor is the best way because you can find out what works for you. What works for me is um, what they call box breathing. So you breathe in, you hold, you exhale, you hold, you inhale, hold, exhale, all the way out. And you just do that for like five minutes. And you focus on breathing so that it calms you down and allows you to kind of get your mind off of what it is you're thinking about or what might be causing you a little bit of tension or anxiety. Um, the big thing is looking in the mirror 
and soul searching and saying, okay, what is it that's bothering me? Why am I doing this? Why when I'm in this scenario, do I get super anxious? And that's the hardest thing because we don't want to admit that we have something wrong with us. And it can get scary. Um, and that's kind of where cognitive behavioral therapy helped me a little bit. Uh, it got annoying more than anything for me. And what it does is it, it makes you answer this questionnaire whenever you have a, uh, an incident or you know an anxiety attack and it, it makes you trace your footsteps. And it really makes you focus on everything you were thinking about and feeling throughout this episode. And you can then start to pinpoint things. But a lot of times when you're alone in your thoughts, you really just kind of have to stay busy. Um, pick up a hobby, learn something new. But um, with that, I think we're gonna take another break and we'll be right back. Need to spice up your website? Grab some attention on your Facebook page? Need an intro outro for your YouTube channel? KM Voice will do it all. Pump up your profits and add some video advertising on your channel. Add some fire to your marketing campaign. Do you want to advertise on the radio and want a professional to handle your audio? Well guess what? We do that too! From writing the script to producing the finished product, we take the pain out of advertising. Need to add voice to your company's training video? Yep, leave it to us. Send us a message on Facebook at KM Voice or give us a call at 440-213-2860. That's 440-213-2860. Production doesn't have to be a hassle. We give you the best because you deserve the best. Send us a message or call now. So I'm sitting here and I'm going over my outline and stuff. Just trying to finalize what I'm going to talk about tonight. What I've been talking about, what you guys have been watching. And I'm realizing that all the hell I've been through is going to help people. And that's really what solidified everything. But on top of that, the support from my friends, especially Keith and Tyler, the producers, have been so supportive and just telling me how much I need to get this out. And that's why I'm doing this, because hopefully it helps at least one person. <clears throat> and we're back. Thanks for coming back. Um, we're gonna end it kind of early today at 45 minutes instead of the hour. Um, so we're gonna wrap tonight today up with uh, talking about stigmas and kind of the uncertainty that follows with PTSD. So let's hit stigmas first. Um, stigmas, man, there's a ton of them. With veterans especially, it's the being introduced to somebody and it's like, oh man, if I upset you, are you going to go crazy? Are you going to hit me? Are you going to go shoot up gas stations? What are you going to do? And uh, <laughs> it's not like that at all, for the most part. And then maybe it's that, uh, that wondering... You know, if I tell somebody I have PTSD or I get diagnosed with it, am I going to be classified as un... No. 
not really reliable. Um, kind of searching for words, I'm sorry. Um, you know, not dependable. Uh, you know, skittish. Are you going to be there for me when I need you? Or are you going to be cowering in a corner? When it's really not like that at all. Yeah, Keith, you're absolutely correct. Being called crazy is definitely one of them. Um, because no one understands those feelings inside and what's just waiting to burst out, you know? Um, getting hit with an anxiety attack to somebody that doesn't know what an anxiety attack looks like, yeah, you could probably get that, oh my God, this person's crazy right now. Um, so that is something huge. And I think that's something that stops people from going to get help, is wondering how am I gonna be viewed once I'm diagnosed with PTSD? And you know, the media really hasn't helped in the, in the years past um, with the visions of car bombs and the, the um, veteran that goes and shoots up the gas station because he's having a flashback. That is a small percentage of the people. You know, most people deal with depression and anxiety and they, they pull themselves back before they go and outburst. Um, so somebody fighting stigmas, you really have to believe in yourself and you have to learn that, you know, I'm not crazy. And asking for help is, it takes a lot more strength than people think. Um, you are stronger by simply asking for help. Um, Keith, you are just a talkative person today. Uh, the stigma of me writing, wanting to harm myself at the time, all the time hurts relationships. Um, yeah, it can definitely bring a strain on it. Um, I think that PTSD is something that if you're in a relationship, both you and your significant other really have to work on together. It's a team thing and that's where support comes into effect with, um, into the picture with discussing your symptoms and communicating what bothers you. And that is something that takes a lot and a lot and oftentimes doesn't get done by people. And that's kind of where I think the relationships start to fall apart is where I don't need your help, I can do this and that pride steps in the way. Um, uh, for the last few minutes, let's talk about this uncertainty. And uncertainty really covers the people that don't have PTSD, right? I mean, I guess it could cover the people with PTSD because you don't really know what's going on. You don't know when it's gonna hit you. But being somebody's friend or family and you not understanding why they're not getting better, right? That un, not, not ignorance in a bad way, but being ignorant to what PTSD is and what the symptoms are, you can start to wonder, well, what's going on with this person and why aren't they getting better even though they're seeing therapy? Um, Tyler asks, as a person who doesn't have PTSD, isn't it just something you can get over? Well, no, it, that's the simple answer, but um, you can't get over it. It's something that will always be with you. Um, and again, communication is huge when it comes to helping people understand what you go through and how it best 
works for you to deal with things. Um, and that's some way that your loved ones and your friends can start to kind of understand and also they can, I don't know, better help you in scenarios where they know you're going to have some difficulties. Um, I have a great friend. His name's Chris. Um, Chris Ice. He is probably the best person to go out with for me. Uh, we go out every now and then we have some drinks. We don't go crazy all the time. But what Chris does is he gives me that buffer. And he makes sure that he knows we're going into a scenario, whether it's at a restaurant or at a bar, that I'm not necessarily comfortable with. And he kind of guides us throughout the evening and puts himself between me and the rest of the bar, which is I'm grateful for. And that's just an example of what your friends can do that don't have PTSD, that don't really understand what's going on, but them reading you and you being open with them. And they can help you live a more normal life by being able to go out in those scenarios and socialize. Um, I hope that kind of answers that question, Tyler. Um, more uncertainty. You know, let's go back to Tyler's um, question with getting over things. Um, that is a huge thing that a lot of people think. Uh, again, this isn't a sickness like the flu or the cold. This is things in life that literally trigger you when you're walking down the street even. Um, the backfire of a car for some veterans. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Um, you know, when you're walking down the street and you hear a car backfire for a veteran that was in combat, can catch you off guard a lot and you react to that that's not something you get over that's embedded in you um i don't know like there's just so many different things that i could throw out there um jessica oh you're replying to tyler it actually alters your brain reaction to create fight or flight responses without a true stimulus your brain can hear how to manage it, but it's, oh, I'm sorry. Learn to manage it, but it's rarely ever something that can be cured. You're absolutely right, Jessica. Absolutely right. Thank you for your input in that. That, that was great. Um, with that being said, let's touch on uh, what Jessica talked about, the, the fight or flight response. That's huge because, especially for me, you go through training. And you train and train and train for situations and responses to those situations. And then that's kind of how you react after it's all done. And I think that you really have to work on that. You have to train yourself to step back, recognize what the problem was, what happened, and how to react to that in a healthy manner. And that takes practice, practice, practice. So, um, do any of you guys have any more questions for us? We've got the last minute or two here. So, anything else you guys wanna know um, that I didn't really cover on stigmas, uncertainty, or anything you wanna know about my trauma and what we wanna do with this podcast in the last, I don't know, minute and 15 seconds or so. 
Oh, <laughs> just learned something new today. So, with everything being said, um, I'm not really seeing any comments at this point in time, but um, I'd like to take this moment to say thank you very much for everything you guys have done for me. Um, coming out and viewing the podcast today and partaking in the conversation. Thank you very much. We're going to wrap it up here and we'll be back next week to talk about some more stigma and uh, some other stuff. With that, have a great night. Talk to you guys later. No